Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. I'm Sue Rose Minahan and host of Talk Cosmos. We have a panel tonight and it is March 7th. The Sun, Venus, and Neptune are in Pisces. It's a stellium, as we call it. And it's not new in one sense because Neptune has been in Pisces for several years. It has a 13-year passage. In fact, it won't leave until 2026. But it's really an energy that's so important to understand and uh, manage in our own souls and strengths. It's all the planets are direct. That's not where any confusion might be happening. It's really, you could say, other factors. So what are those? We will find out because now we're ready for Planet Buzz. Focusing on planetary ecliptic orbital cycles and planetary pairs called synodic cycles connecting the planets at the same degree that begin our relationship, these are the members of Planet Buzz. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly, stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Leslie Francis, author of the 2019 and 2020 Llewellyn Sunsign books, a practicing professional astrologer intuitive, a lecturer, and host of my own podcast, Coloring Outside the Box. My lifelong search to understand what it is to be human led me to develop my own approach to astrology called Purpose-Centered Astrology. I passionately seek to support people in their greatest act of creativity, living life, through consultations and webinars. Creator of Star Cards, I love talking and making people laugh. I'm Tara All, an astrologer, writer, and artist who loves spirituality and metaphysics. I practice and teach evolutionary astrology, and I work with the Tarot, crystals, hermeticism, and animal medicine. My approach is creative and experiential, and I created a YouTube video series called We Are the Planets through EA Zoom meetings. I also speak at conferences. Currently, I'm the resident astrologer and lead writer for Sage Goddess, and I serve on the ESAR board as marketing director. And I'm Dr. Laura Tad. I have a PhD in human science and work as a spiritually oriented psychological astrologer with people around the world. I teach and lecture on astrology both in person and remotely. I have a blog. I have written for the Mountain Astrologer, Celestial Vibes, and Tarot.com. Additionally, I am the educational coordinator for Live Life Resources, an educational nonprofit specializing in resiliency training, education, and research. And as the ancient Hermetic Code reveals, as below, so above, as above, so below. 
Yes, and there we are. And it's so great to see everybody on a Sunday. We're initiating a brand new pathway instead of Saturday, but we're still a YouTube. Well, I mean, you can always find us on Talk Cosmos YouTube. You can find us on the podcasts. Pisces Stellium. I think each of us were going to bring up one issue that we thought possibly was a big one. And I'm just going to say, having experienced some chaos and having to reorder things and not be too caught up in the stream of the chaos, realizing that could be better is a helpful reminder. <laughs> Leslie, what would you say? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, one thing? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, it, you know, it, it, last couple of days I've been really feeling like the energy is soupy. It's like swimming around, trying to figure out which direction to go in. And, and, and that might have something to do with what we're going to talk about later, which is where that stellium happens to be uh, lurking about in my birth chart. So this energy is, as I always call uh, the Piscean energy, the world of all possibilities. So it, it, during this period of time, you're going to find that, you know, you have interesting dreams. There's a lot of, you know, things that seem disconnected that float through your consciousness. And so the key becomes, you know, just follow those threads. I mean, that's really what the Pisces energy is about. It's not about necessarily making things manifest at this point in time. It's allowing your dreams, your visions, and your imaginings to uh, spend a lot of time in your conscious mind, not just in your subconscious mind. Oh, that's so good because that goes right along with the chaos. <laughs> yeah. Um, Laura, what would you say? Dr. Ted? Um, well, similar to those, I mean, I think that as someone with Neptune on the ascendant, right, I'm sort of always in Neptune Piscean reality. <laughs> um, and I think dreams in particular, that non and the non-linear, right? So as much as we might want there to be a sort of structure and linearity to today's broadcast, it really won't have that because of this energy. And it's going to be nebulous and sort of go in the direction that it, it the energy is sort of what's in charge more than we are. A flow. Absolutely. And Tara... I know you have many thoughts, and how would you encapsulate one? I don't know. It's Pisces doesn't really take to language, so I'm not sure how well it will translate. Um, I was thinking, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie This Waking Life, but it talks about how most of us are sleeping while we're waking, and then we're dream sleeping, which means like we're literally missing out on the best of both. And so for me, with this Pisces energy, it's about being able to let go at the same time as staying present to what is. And it's a challenge because what we think is real, Pisces is always about, I guess, lifting the veil so we see more to what actually is real than what we thought was real. And I realize that sounds kind of trippy, but that kind of is what this energy is. Yeah, to, to be able to be in the trippy space and still be present in the space. Yeah. Beautiful, because really that is the, uh, exemplifies so much of the energy and, and it actually relates to the houses. Like 
Leslie was mentioning, and we're all referring to, I think, Laura, too. Well, I think on our notes that we talked about, what really stands out is one idea, because all the planets are going forward, and it's this chance, a couple of thoughts, because it is Pisces, we'll bring in a couple of thoughts. One is that creating the next chapter and by looking at the past, uh, integrating. So if this idea that, um, because we don't really have the focus, it, it is coming in at different energies, but yet with the sun applying to this conjunction with Neptune and Venus, that are actually at octaves, you know, Venus. I mean, you can talk about any of this octaves, Venus to Neptune, but that I love that idea. I think Terry, you were the one that mentioned about writing the next chapter. I mean, getting some of the pieces in there. It's not maybe going to be linear like we know, but there's some uh, consciousness existing. What's your thoughts? Did I make sense? <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I gotta tell you, it's funny. I, I I feel like I normal. I maybe I just really am in a Pisces space. I gotta say, like more than ever, I feel like I was almost like spacing out as you was you were saying that. Which I don't know if that means I'm not paying attention or no, no, no. As I might say, because um, I like Laura have have Neptune right in the very first house, and what'll happen is is that I think this is really a great way to begin because uh, one visualizes. When, when one's talking and one's submerged in that experience. And it's it, that's the tricky part of seeing, and it relates to what I was reading too, is uh, the sixth house, 12th house, which I think that we weren't going to, but that's where our planets, our minds in transiting in the six years, transiting in the 12th. And, you know, so here we are, we're trying to see the whole, but yet, trying to diffuse and, and pick things away. But in the meantime, getting submerged in the part because that's a Piscean yeah. energy. Yeah. I wanted to say that I think that it's very interesting having the forward motion of all the planets while we're kind of in this soupy experience. So, you know, we're kind of floating and, and yet part of us is trying to move forward and, and, and there's that resistance that's going to come from, you know, trying to make sense of, where our consciousness mm -hmm. is at the same time that the outer energy is charged. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I for me, um, Pisces is always about a pause, and that doesn't mean that life doesn't keep happening. But it's it's more like even if things are moving fast externally, it's about a pause internally, right? And 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 so it's always a weird thing to think about this when we say slow down slowing down doesn't always mean like physically slow down sometimes we can keep on doing the motion but on the inside we slow down and i feel like that's a big part of the invitation of pisces to slow down and make more space spaciousness has been i guess on my heart and mind a lot lately just where where do i need to create more room pisces is a great energy for that Stephen Forrest, when he talks about uh, Neptune energy, which we can relate to Pisces as well, that almost always when we're when we're in that right in that energy, when it's on us, that it literally is our consciousness expanding or we are literally preparing to move into a new level of consciousness. 
And we can't even really relate to that level yet until we reach it. So there is a point of needing to be in in the alterations, I guess, as that's happening to our consciousness before we can even begin to even make sense of it. And, and I love how he says, like, under a strong Neptune transit, people feel like they don't know what to do or can't know what to do. And he says it's literally impossible to know what to do until you actually move through into that new space of consciousness. And you can give yourself space and allowance and compassion to hang out a little bit until you get there. And I feel like that's maybe a guess, guess we get this every year when the sun moves through. Well, possibly, but we are, and I want to hear what Laura has um, to offer on this too. I, we just had a major reset socially, Jupiter and Saturn had their 20 year conjunction, but also called the grand mutation leading us, as I've mentioned several times, but it can't be said enough, leaving an earth-based uh, material form of consciousness to this air uh, consciousness. And so this Neptunian, what with the nodes also in mutable signs, is really, I think, powerful to just dislodge. And particularly, hey, we can see it right in the life, like we actually said, which is longer, just to let our audience know, as above, so below, because it goes from below to above and within, without. It's the whole nine yards. So, uh, Laura, uh, just because I want to hear what you have to say, I know you've got sure. to I mean, a couple, I think even when I work with clients, part of how I describe sort of a Neptunian transit or experience, maybe because I have it on my ascendant natally, I did this a lot as a kid of like lying in the bathtub and looking up through the water. <laughs> and that that is what that Neptunian distorting what's going on you can't see clearly because it's all being like fractured in some ways and um from the just the angle of the water changes your perspective right from a physics perspective um and so that that's part of that neptunian experience is like looking at things through a or like a funhouse mirror distorted perspective and so you can't really see what things look like when you're in when you're absorbed in that neptunian energy which is even though yeah it's an annual cycle of the sun being there and venus and neptune's been there since what like 2011 or something is when he it got into pisces but it is more unique having this sort of stack of planets right now and palace will be there tomorrow um so it's this continued you know it's just this multiple archetypes having this oh you think you know what this is but you don't which is very neptunian of sort of man behind the curtain wizard of oz illusion going on oh boy now that's an image and alan oaken people i just recognized through a book of his the um portals as had been mentioned the middle way of the known to the unknown so yes and that i think can be tied into the nodes right with the this neptunian square these 90 degree angles this is making to the lunar lunar nodes of the known versus the unknown right the south node being the familiar the north node being what's yet to be attained so the known versus unknown and 
the skip step that we'd say in evolutionary astrology, distorting what we think we know and what we think we don't know. Yeah, which is because just for follow through here, astrologically they're square and that needs a tension of, of resolution. Leslie or Tara? I, well, I could keep talking, but I, I, I want you to know that I'm listening. Yeah. I'm feeling very, very nept uh, 99 planets in the eighth house today. Uh, and, and the moon in Capricorn is not helping me out at all. Oh, good point. Uh, because it wants I know, to yeah, boundaries. It's kind of funny because when Tara was talking about feeling like she's face out, I thought, that's exactly what I you know. And, and Neptune so is about altered reality. It, it's about swimming in 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 everything and nothing all at the same time. So how do you, you know, as Tara said and Laura said, how do you even begin to make sense of it? I don't know that, that you can. I think that that is a, an automatic defense against, I don't know what this is. So I'm just going to try to find a way to plant my flag in something that's familiar, except that the familiar seems in some ways very far away. I don't know how the rest of you are feeling, but that's kind of how I'm feeling, trying to get clear about stuff. Thank you for that, because it really is, isn't it, a bridge from the past? And I, it's that liminal space. Uh, that if we're looking at this time between the nodes, which are the belief structures of Sagittarius um, that maybe connected us with our community in some ways, because if we have a belief system, it's, it's personal, but it's also because it fits somehow in our our life that we we can operate through. But if we're looking at the North Node in Gemini, that's our immediate surroundings and it wants to understand what it is and it wants to learn. I mean, I'm throwing out all these different parts of the archetype, but truly it puts us in a new energy. You know, you get new information. It changes how we're labeling, how we're seeing, how we're perceiving things. And so, Let's possibly bring up the idea of Mars in Gemini, which just happened this weekend. And it's also mutable. It's going to be there from March 5th to April 23rd, eight weeks. So, Sue, just to, Mars moved to Gemini on Wednesday the 3rd, just to oh. know it's been, it's been hanging out there for, but it's still new, still new, but it's not. And I, and I know we talked about this in our little prep meeting, but uh, I like the idea. Sue, I actually think it was you that talked about creating the next chapter in your story. I feel like you're you're the one who brought that to what the was it? Oh, I thought it was I you. Think, <laughs> I think I just I think I just pointed out that Mars moving into Gemini is the perfect like combination to to help us do that because Mars is action, right? And then in Gem, you know, in Gemini, that gives us like the language and the words to to, to move forward. But we all talked about this. So again, how does it feel like, because we're still in all this Pisces stuff, which means we don't necessarily know where we're going yet, which makes it, we, makes it strange to think about how I'm going to write a new chapter uh, in my story right now. Well, Venus is pretty close to square the nodes right now too. And I think 
part of this is we're still doing a lot of receiving, right? We're, we're on the receiving end of things, which part of it just means open to listen and to receive and to feel. I don't think that Gemini is always about communication that comes out of our mouth, right? Gemini is all, is all kinds of communication, which includes body language and signals and different things. I think that we uh, maybe are feeling a little held back because we don't want to be too quick to move forward. Because if we were too quick to move forward, we would probably just be repeating what we'd done before. So even my own feeling a little bit like spaced out, I, I recognize there's a value in that. Sometimes don't try to shake out of it too quick. Sometimes when you stare at a wall, it's good to let yourself space out for a little bit if that wants to happen. Instead of well, like, uh, you know, you know what? That inspires me because listening to Laura as a child looking through water, I remember the wallpaper because back in the 50s, there was wallpaper everywhere. And, you know, I was easily bored, I guess, but I would look at the wallpaper and just dream into it and I'd see all kinds of things. So it was really fun. But that brings everything to the fact that the, the virtues because there's certainly always pitfalls, you know, as we're trying to struggle through. But the beauty of Pisces and Neptune is this re uh, receptivity, the surrendering to another force that's greater than our ego that has a dimension. And it's non-duality, it's wholeness, and it shifts how we just experience life you know many there is that artistic like you were saying it's not so verbal it's more maybe music and art can be well and it's this interesting thing of like being even more present even though it's non-linear and there's no real time but it's like a greater presence right it reminds me years ago um i was at my dad's for Christmas and my stepmom had, had sent out something that everybody needed to come for Christmas with a PowerPoint presentation on their idea of what now and also now meant. Well, how, how did that work? I'm, well, and I'm so we all had different expressions of that, right? And part of what I did for mine is we flew in from all different parts of the world and had a chart for the same moment in time from where everybody came from, because all of that was now. And yet mm -hmm. the chart in Ireland was not the chart in Seattle, was not the chart in Boston, was not the chart in Beijing, and yet it's now and also now. Mm -hmm. Right? And so this idea of like, yeah, it's super present and yet not linear and different all at the same time. <laughs> And that's part of that Piscean energy. Um, and I was thinking in terms of that, Tara, what you were saying, like that stuck, not yet moving forward. I think by next week, that will shift for everybody as we get out, Mercury gets out of the shadow in a week. Oh, good. Right. Point. And so then that Mars and Gemini can be more proactive instead of there's a caution of, well, do I have all the data? Am I being preemptive? Because Mars tends to rush, right? So it's... <laughs> getting more data. And I think once that shifts next week, you know, that that'll, will be more the ease of moving forward, even with all this Piscean energy. Well, that goes shift. along with Pisces that wants to hope, hope and dream. <laughs> 
Well, and, and I and I think that you know that the one of the ways that the Mars and Gemini, because it's also fluid, we're all we're talking about mutable energy, is Mars likes to experience and so does Gemini. So, you know, rather than you know trying to formulate stuff, it's more an exploration of ideas and thoughts and and images and, and whatever pops in. Um, Mars, you know, can be used to immerse yourself in whatever the experience is, to go into it, you know, full bore ahead. Let's just jump right in and see what this feels like. Now, of course, Mars might get a little frustrated because it doesn't look like it, as Tara was talking about, it doesn't look like it's going anywhere. You can't, this is not an experience that you can measure or even analyze. And I know I've been, I've been trying. Um, to, to sort out, and, and I just feel like I'm constantly in the energy shifting so quickly that I can't remain focused on anything for very long. Yeah, and plus the fact that with Mars in Gemini, which is as of the third, thank you, Tara, for bringing, identifying, because it's been a little bit, we're on the seventh now, four days, but it's been rapid fire. It's like, oh my gosh, my list, oh, list, it's, you know, how do you, like you say, it, it's so mercurial, it keeps changing, but I'm determined I'm going to get some of these, uh, it, it is really going with that moment, that flow, I think that's what we had brought up to yeah. one time. And being okay with that, right? I mean, that's the dance with that Piscean energy is like that riding where the river takes you, even if you're not quite sure what the conditions are going to be like on the river, right? And just, yeah. yeah. Mm. And the recognition that you're crossing a port, you're, you're moving through a portal, you're crossing a threshold. Just, just be aware of that. And, and, you know, it's not unlike being in the bathtub, looking up at the ceiling except you're not in the bathtub it feels like you're like just floating in air in the middle of water maybe we're water and air at the same time but that's what it feels we're in a bubble and i think this bubble will have to take a pause because it is our time to break away just for a moment and this is planet buzz talk cosmos planet buzz our first sunday and march 7th we'll be right back take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Pisces, ruled modernly by Neptune and by Jupiter in traditional astrology of the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on the equality of all humans and brilliancy, Pisces concludes the 12 signs that energetically encompass the entirety of the universe where humans have no control. As a mutable water sign, represented by two fish swimming in opposite directions of the forces of life, we experience in Pisces the collective unconscious energy of the unknown. Intuitive, psychic Pisces completes the seed cycle, initiated with Aries' willful separation from the Piscean womb. Talk 
Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Hello, this is Annie Hart, spiritual teacher, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. And this is March 7th, Planet Buzz, Pisces Planet Buzz. And I'm with Dr. Laura Tad, we call Laura, Tara All, we call Tara, and Leslie Francis of, right. So here we are. And we were talking about Pisces and um Boy, I had this all together. Just, okay, what we will do is bring in the houses. However, there was another thought I wanted to bring out. Oh, that was it, the mythology. Because as I was listening to the little uh, uh, announcements that describe what archetypal period we're in, which is Pisces, there were about the two fish. And Laura, you mentioned of the mythology and I looked into more of that of when Venus and her child Cupid she had a couple of kids but she had Cupid as a child Eros and uh, during the times of the Titans they had Tar Tartan uh, tar- what was the name um, uh, I believe it's Typhonius Typhonius that's it Typhonius or Typhon the worst monster of all that Hera, the, the, anyway, many reasons and finally got stuffed into the earth and, but it did, but in the meantime, they had to escape. And so she ties uh, Venus with her child Cupid with this reed or some just tied their feet together and jumped into the water and became fish. Well, the capacity I'm thinking of the compassion of Pisces with love is, however we want to look at it, such an important part of the Piscean, uh, and also rescue. They had to be rescued, and and that's the other downfall. I mean, there's many sides we haven't really talked about Pisces. So with that, perhaps I will jump into the house business, because mine is in the sixth house that's transiting all this stellium and neptune has been transiting through my sixth house so we may not go through first to 12th in our piscean experience here because again it's a little haphazard but i'll uh, and basically from what it's about conflicts the basic conflict which very much repeats what we were talking about in the very beginning tara and i about wanting to see the wholeness but yet needing in that Virgonian d- discernment process of breaking it down into dualities to see s- something in a part and 
with its contrast, but yet essentially needing to see the wholeness of it. Um, and it, it's really a matter of living with the defined limits, you know, because the wholeness doesn't have limits. That's where the, the oxymoron, you might say, is. So if anybody has a comment or if somebody wants to jump into well, their yeah. house. After well, I just want to, Sue, I was going to ask you more about that um, stellium in your sixth house, because when I, when I think about just Neptune moving around by house, it can um, certainly bring disillusionment. It can actually fog up areas and, or make us feel like things are unclear, or it can be an area of life where we just want to totally check out and escape, right? Like we just don't want to have anything to do with it. Or we can have spiritual awakenings, right? So there can be this whole sort of big, I guess, uh, big, vast uh, area of how that can, can show up. But for me, whenever I think about what Neptune's doing is it wants to broaden our vision so that we do see more so that we are more interconnected with what really is and you know we've talked about this before i think but saturn is certainly one planet of reality but neptune is the real planet of the reality it's the planet of reality of what actually is when the illusion of what's not is removed so my question to you is as all that not just neptune but the stellium has been in your sixth house how has that felt for you? Like what's happened in your life that reflects that type of energy? Whoa, oh, total rehaul. I like though, <laughs> like, like Laura have Neptune in the first and being a Gemini, Neptune has been squaring me. So yes, I did in the last five, six years, truly need to uh, release, thankfully, the linear deductive thinking mm -hmm. To, to embrace the empathic, uh, intuitive, um, spiritual awareness and work with it on a moment-to-moment -moment life pattern. Okay. But right now, I'm overhauling the perspective of top cosmos. I'm already over here in Hawaii in the middle of the ocean, but it's been really... Uh, uh, insightful i will say because it's not immediate it's been organizing is extremely difficult because there's everything that wants to come in all at once and i'm realizing a new sense of priorities and i'm not sure what i'm doing but it's out of it i am evolving sue did you guys did you i don't know if everybody caught this but sue just looked so she just moved to Hawaii, which is literally surrounded by the ocean, which is represented by Neptune. And Neptune has been transiting her sixth house, which is work environment. It's your day-to-day -day environment. It's it's like literally your, your, your immediate surroundings and how you move around. She literally moved herself, her daily schedule into the ocean. I mean, you can almost be more obvious than that. I mean, that's a, to me, that's like, what a, what a, great way to bring the ocean into your daily schedule or that ocean well, energy. Yeah. Good point. We hear and see it on a regular basis. We're right on the water. But I will say if one goes into relocation, which is something we haven't done, but could be exciting to talk about sometime. My chart has Saturn from my 12th house on the cusp to my first. 
So I, and, and Mars at my midheaven. So I've been work, 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 which I realized yesterday is always what I've wanted to do is work on what I want to do and not what somebody else wants me to do. But and now I don't have any reason to bellyache right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, plus Neptune's vision. So like your the vision of how you want work to go and how you want to, I'm saying, I'm just saying it's a very, it's a beautiful example of how you've woven you. that ethereal Neptune in with daily life, sixth house. Yeah, it is exciting from that standpoint. You're right. It is. So uh, we shall see. I have, as we... I'm so glad to have all of you on with Talk Cosmos, and we'll see how all that goes. So, yeah, what other house shall we talk about? Yeah. Um, Do you want to well, talk about the go ahead. I'll go because uh, it's in my third, so it's all about communication. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, and today, the sun is exactly opposed my Virgo moon. So, in terms of the polarity, I've got a 17 degree moon in Virgo sun's 17 at the moment so i'm in my own private full moon at the moment <laughs> nice anyway you can illuminate the rest of us now please yeah that's what i'm thinking shine well and i think i mean the dreams i've been having i mean neptune's been there for a while but as this has been tightening i just had wacky dreams last night and i definitely think that that can be part of this piscean stellium in the third is again like Yes, it's communication, but what kind of communication? It doesn't mean it's oral or written. It can be downloaded information. It can happen through the dream time. It can happen through sort of through reading a chart that you just sort of translate things, right? Or doing a tarot spread or that it's gathering information in a way that's still that Gemini data gathering energy that's the third house, um, but in a way that is more intuitive and just sort of like, you don't know why you know it, but you do. And that amping up, you know, for anybody who's having this transit, the third is just sort of the veil being thinner in terms of how communication, how information is coming in um, and having to maybe sit with it for a bit because the logic of it doesn't make sense right like last night my dream was i walked in the back door of my house and there was little pieces of hamburger meat all along the floor <laughs> and i asked my brother who's been staying with me what was going on he said oh a skunk came in the house and i'm trying to get it to leave <laughs> no idea what that means yet have to process that for a while but it was super vivid. So there's something that I'm trying to translate that's coming in through the dream time as this, you know, I think probably, you know, the piece of, of it, of that I'm in my own private full moon, right? That that got really amplified for me last night. Well, this is well, exciting. I, I, think that, I, I think that often I always say to people, you know, you don't have to keep a dream journal unless you, you really, really want to because you know, you'll be communicated with several times <laughs> over, the, over the same thing. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to let you know that in, in uh, working with the medicine cards, skunk has to do with reputation. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Oh. Right. Yeah. No, David Carson is a good friend of my dad's. So I've known oh, awesome. about I the medicine cards, cards forever. Yeah. Lucky you. <laughs> 
Well, isn't this great? Here we're talking about symbolism, and this is so Neptunian, isn't it? It's really a beautiful way that we can expand and, and connect. And really, it makes me want to do this Patreon eventually. We're going to subscribe, you folks, if you would like to connect, and we will keep building because I know Laura has an idea um, of doing a dream session. So, well, and, and I just wanted to add that, you yeah. know, while we're talking about things that people can actually do to immerse themselves in the energy, working with various and sundry oracle cards can be an awesome way to do it. Painting, listening to music, uh, you know, it, if you actively engage with this energy, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that things will be clearer to you. However, you, you will at least feel the energy in a way that you don't feel it as long as you're trying to figure out what it's really all about. Right. Yeah, being receptive to the beyond. Yeah, I tend to think about it too, of like it doesn't necessarily make it clearer, but it is less unclear. Well, it gives you hints. Let's put it that it gives you a hint. You know what's interesting? We're doing like in my mind, 12, 6, 1, 3, 10, 9. I'm not sure we've done second or eight too well. Maybe, uh, yeah, okay, there we are. <laughs> Leslie to the rescue. All right. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so it's interesting because that stellium's in my eighth house, but I've been dealing with Neptune in my eighth house for a while now. And it's interesting that uh, Laura said that today the sun's at 17 degrees because what popped into my head before she said that is it for me, it has to, I've been working on self-esteem, self-value uh, issues for, <laughs> so guess Neptune came along and said, so all the perceptions you have about where you fit in the world and who you really are, you can throw those out the window and maybe see, and, I, and, and I'm going to attach myself to what Laura said, because it, no, to what Tara said, I'm getting people confused. Uh, Neptune. Uh, I'm going to attach myself to what Tara said, uh, and now I can't remember what this is. <laughs> uh, uh, that you, oh, that you see the truth. You, you pull away all of the restrictions and limitations, mm -hmm. and you actually see the truth. And so, with it in my eighth house, um, there's a lot of really internal energy, and because I have there's a quincunx of Pluto on my ascendant, I've had. It's like my body keeps on saying, I'm sorry, you have to spend time in this space, even if you think you should be doing something else. So I'm going to make it clear to you that you're not going to feel good every time you try to, you know, rev up your engines and get immerse yourself in that physical world, Saturn. And so, and it's a major and I'm going to say the word, it's a major surrender. Yeah. Well, it, it receptivity. Boy, doesn't that come again and again? And the resistance, when we think of a fix, because it, it from, well, we're all evolutionary astrologers and we all accept many modalities and of course are traditional, but still there's that fixed square and Scorpio is one of the fixed signs, eighth house you could sense so that yes, there'd be more resistance to like, giving way you might say i mean 
Well, the, the really good thing about it, though, is because it's, you know, it's water on a water house. And so it, it does tend to draw me in. And quite frankly, uh, I'm not really, I, I notice things are shifting and changing, but I can't quantify that in any way. I, I just feel it. That's, yes. Well, wowie, let's see any other house that we want to, we didn't go literally through all of them, but I, will we return? I haven't gone yet. Oh, good, 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 Tara. (laughs) And Tara and Laura both have an eight pound, so I can understand, Leslie, why you get, no, okay, but Tara, yes, ma'am. Yeah, no, mine's transiting the 12th house, so I I actually am. It's the invisible place, so I see how you missed me, Mike. <laughs> no, no. Well, we we were kind of talking so much about the twelfth, but I, I'm all ears. Oh, I didn't hear. So- okay, well, yeah. okay. we can definitely skip it if you like. It's fine. No, 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 no skip steps. Remember, we're we're back to the the, well, the Neptune and the Venus here. We we have to integrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, similar to like Leslie was saying, Neptune's been in my 12th house for a long time, like her eighth. So that's not new for me, but the stellium in there currently right now, my Jupiter is in the 12th house at 17 degrees. So the sun is right on my Jupiter as we speak. And um, the dreams have definitely been, but because I have Jupiter there, I always have kind of wild dreams, but they've been more wild than normal. What has been more unusual is I have allergies, like, and I've always had like bits of things, but I mean, like lately, my allergic responses, and I don't mean serious, like anaphylactic shock, I just mean like skin is getting a rash, right? Food doesn't digest right, feel congested. And, And it wasn't until we were all chatting about this recently where I was like, oh, right, I have a stellium in my 12th house with Pisces energy, which has a lot to do with our immune system, and in particular, our response to external things, like there's hypersensitivity there. So I feel that in myself. And and I also uh, recognize that when we have those experiences, and this gets back to like the rewriting our story part or writing the next chapter, I have a choice. And Sue, I wrote down what you said when we talked before. You said you can either create freedom or you can put yourself in a mental asylum. And that's no joke. If, if I, if I don't want to hold space and just kind of hang out here and let the reactivity happen without attaching to what it means or trying to fix it, right. I could actually open up more space and give myself more freedom. I don't really know what the next chapter is going to be. That's one choice. Another choice could be to try to figure it out, to put myself in the mental asylum of what's actually wrong, try to fix it, try to figure it out, which would do nothing but perpetuate old karma that I've been doing forever. And to me, that's one thing we didn't talk about with the 12th house is the 12th house brings up old karma and not just ours, but collective karma. And it's hard to sift through it. Oftentimes we get weird emotional signals or sensitivities in our bodies or in our energetic system and reactions to stuff. Uh, But it's stuff that's been dragging around or coming around for a long time, literally coming around because Pisces 12th house is the completion. I mean, like, you know, that's the completion point. So the opportunity is you can actually reach a point of letting it go or surrendering actually into something new. I prefer to not surrendering in the sense of giving up, but surrender into something new, or I can hold that old karma. And 
all of us on some level, wherever the stellium is, stellium is happening, is linking into some of that. It's just different, activated by the house. Yeah, that's been my experience, and it's strangely intense. You know, like strangely intense in ways I didn't expect. Well, I'm really uh, uh, honored. I don't have the right words even, but I'm so glad. I'm sorry for the demise, but that you expressed really a complex house, a complex experience. It's so true. You know, going to the first house, which I will say, you know, it because maybe this will, and we can go on unless somebody wants to come up with some other. Well, the first or the seventh house, because in the first house where my Neptune is, and the seventh house, which actually rule because i have 29 degree virgo it's like it the, the pisces is on the descendant so it's interesting i i thought bring this up to people if it's in the first house it's like those boundaries between self and others are not so evident and i know that's been a real learning experience because it's natal for me uh, which makes you empathetic but yet it's it, it you it's important to realize, and of course, you can have um, artistic uh, uh, interest, or else maybe because we can reflect others in that in that sense that we're connected, but yet lose your own self. So the point is on the seventh house, there the, the down you want you think the downfall can be if people feel that they're seeing the ideal person as a partner and that that person's going to save them. And it really goes back to your childhood, which Laura might have comments of, but we have how many minutes? We have 10 minutes, five minutes. So um, 10 minutes, so we have a little time, we gonna have time to talk. But the point is, is that if one didn't separate from their caretaker person, one can keep looking for that perfect person to rescue them because victimhood in any hidden way can be the downfall really of this Pisces energy where externally there's the more ideal instead of realizing the internal part, which has to do with the meditation and the whole process of realizing that we are a body with a spirit as the whole, you know, as above, so below, or as below, so above, as without, so within, as within, so without. Um, yeah, well, I think with, if anybody's, I mean, because I live with Neptune in the first house, but if somebody's going through this transit, right, so it's an unfamiliar territory, even if it's been the last five, six years, it's still foreign to them to some degree you know the quote that comes to mind to me is from the film i heart huckabees um and part of it is like it explores existential crises and buddhism in a metaphoric way but and there's this one scene where they just sort of ask the question how am i not myself and like is that even you can't not be yourself like even the idea of like oh i don't feel like myself today well no, it's just a different version of you. You're always yourself. But, and that that can be part of this experience, particularly if Neptune's transiting the first of like, not feeling like who you thought you were. And so you don't feel like yourself and that that Neptune, and rather than that 
being a problem, leaning into that, surrendering to that, mm. right? And saying, oh, maybe there's this peeling of the onion of there's this self that you didn't consciously know was even there rather than this sense of like, oh, you have to course correct. Oh, wait, maybe there's somebody totally fabulous for you to get to know who's there. Ooh. And Laura, then let's, what you just said, let's look at the polarity point, the seventh house, the same way from the first house of, I don't feel like myself. The seventh house can be like, people in my life don't seem like themselves, right? All of a sudden my partner I've had for the past 25 years doesn't seem like what I knew her to be, right? I mean, the, it can be that energy of suddenly breaking through an illusion of seeing someone for more of what they really are, which can be very upsetting in the moment, right? Of like, what am I actually seeing versus, yeah, I mean, it just, and you can, that same analogy, we could actually apply to each of the houses, those moments of not feeling like, you know, maybe it's in the 10th house and all of a sudden you feel like your whole job is made up, you know, maybe your whole career feels like it's not what you thought it was. And you know, it's, it's like literally like, shape-shifting, which is a very Neptunian Pisces thing. It's literally shapes that shifting in front of your eyes. Wow. You know what? I must say, because the time and space has dis disintegrated, right, or dissolved. We only have a few minutes. And next week will be Cosmic Collaboration. We have a new member, an exchange, another new start. And it'll be, I think, daylight savings times for a lot of people. But we're still at 1 o'clock Pacific time. And this is Planet Buzz, the top cosmos Pisces Planet Buzz. And I have Dr. Laura Tad, Tara All, and Leslie Francis. And we're talking about Pisces. So we will finish up how and where we don't know, but we are definitely moving to all possibilities. <laughs> I love that. Oh, and a wrinkle of time. Maybe I know Tara and Laura, you had both such a connection. That could be it. Yes, yeah, so I even made a point of having my childhood copy here and marked the point that we were talking about of the concept of time, right? Which is a lot of what the book is about, but that again, this idea of now and oh so now, and that in the book, when they talk about the Tesseract and our ability to time travel, that, right, so here's the little, if you can see, right? So that's yeah. the idea of if you can bend time, then you can be past, present, and future simultaneously. And wherever, wh whatever house it's hitting for you, that's the area of life where you can do that more easily right now. Like you have agency there. And, the, and that reminds one time it took me a long time to realize rather than be fearful of getting stuck in the middle of something like the sea that we're talking about, it's a matter of going through it. Because doesn't that ant go through it? It's just you got to keep going through it. It's like swim, baby, swim. <laughs> We got <laughs> Such a blessing. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.